Blog and Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. It is Friday, June 19th. Wow. Can you? I can. But you know what's exciting is Father's Day is coming up. It is. It's, so happy Father's Day, it is, everybody out there. Uh, yes, every, everyone out there to Jimbo. Happy Father's Day. I am a father. Um, happy Father's Day. June 19th, 2015. I saw something on Facebook, and I it was hard to believe, and I didn't do the math. But it was one of those people who just love Christmas and said only 20 more Fridays till Christmas. Oh, please don't do that yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. And I thought to myself, is that is that right? 20 that's, that's more five, Fridays? That's five months. But what? Or you know, I think we're pretty close to be. Do you know? Here's what here's what happens. I get Christine on this all the time because I think I've mentioned this before on one of the shows. In two days. The days start getting shorter. Okay. Two days is the summer uh, equinox. It's going downhill. Yeah, or okay. the summer solstice. Excuse me, summer solstice. Yeah. Yes, and then the days slowly start getting shorter. Well, see, and we just love the long days, and you I have more. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't like the sun that much. <laughs> I think for Richard, it's more work time. For the kids, they get to stay up later and play outside and yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, it just means uh, it just means we're. Hey, if you wanted to get a hold of us uh, or find out more about us, you can go to www.bemorechristlike.com. www.bemorechristlike.com. If you want to follow us on your mobile phone, you can do that at m.bemorechristlike.com. If you want to follow us on our Facebook, you can do that at Becoming Christlike. Um, that's always a, uh, a a great uh, addition to your Facebook timeline. Okay. Uh, Dawn takes care of that, and uh, it it's you always get those nice little nice little um, daily reminders. <laughs> How often do you put something something in there? Um, I put like six or seven on a day. Six or seven, six or four, seven, ten, one, three, six, eight. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Christ Like Today. Christ Like Today. The Twitter is a, is a big, uh, giant thing here in our sleepy little town of La Junta, Colorado. And this is probably one of the reasons I don't like uh, the sun that much, is because we had a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it there, it's still around in in the air, but um, Jimbo put this up on our board for us. And uh, it, today uh, it's sixty three degrees outside right now, but we're looking for a high of a hundred and two. Oh. And it's just see, we're into the hundreds again. That's why I don't like the summer. And everybody, and I'm sure that's good for the for the melons around here. Yeah, absolutely, it's going to be hot and dry but this. Uh, next week with high nears a, highs near a hundred. Um, That's really hard for the people that work out in it. Absolutely. You no, know, I, I know that when my husband will tell me I'll keep the house set on like seventy seven. He says you kill me when I have to go back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's that almost that thirty degrees mm-hmm. uh, difference, and it's just especially if you get any moisture in the air at all. Yep. You know, from Indiana. 
uh, being from Indiana, of course, you'd get 89, 90 sometime. You'd get 70, 80% humidity. It's just, oh, yeah. my gosh. That's and everything. a killer. And, but here in, in Colorado, we get the 105, 106, 107. And they always say, you know, it's a dry heat. It's like being in an oven, which isn't any better, but it's dry. It's, but I now, went to Texas, and I was going like this all the time, wiping my now, face. Try putting 107 degrees with even like 50% humidity. Mm-hmm. And it's like being in an oven. Well, and then you have to add the bugs in, the gnats that buzz your face and go up your nose and get in your eyes and yeah. in your ears. So, see, it's even more fun. <laughs> so, basically, we're miserable here in southeastern Colorado. Uh, <laughs> we're not miserable. Hey, wherever you're at, we hope that you're having great weather. I know a lot of bad weather's going around. Uh, my son was down in Dallas for the National Speech and Debate Association uh, tournament, and of course the tropical storm went through there and oh, hit them one day. Yeah. Just just a lot of rain for Dallas, mostly east there of uh, Fort Worth. So mm-hmm. not bad uh, for him. But boy, the people down in Houston and everything getting six, seven, eight. Uh, inches of rain. That's crazy. And then all that concrete and asphalt, it don't have any place to go. Hey, you want to know something even crazier? Last night, Christine and I were watching a new show on, on the History. I think it was the History Channel. Maybe it was on Discovery. I can't remember. History Channel might have been. It's called Alone. Mm-hmm. And they dropped them in, uh, up in Vancouver on an island. And it's just see how long you can survive with the bears and the cougars. And there, okay. there were 10 of them. When you're ready to leave, you call on a satellite phone. You got to film yourself. And it's stay out there as long as you want. Whoever stays out there the longest gets $500,000. Oh, wow. But uh, that was an interesting enough show on its own. Day one already, somebody called and said, I can't do it. I'm done with this. That's what I would do. That night, uh, uh, three bears came to his tent, and he said, you know what? Anyway, what I thought was interesting was they always flash up these little uh, statistics and notes about it. Vancouver, at least the island there in Canada where where they're at, really – Average rainfall, 12 and a half feet. 12 and a half feet? Wow. Average rainfall. Wow. That's they talk like, inches. They talk feet. Right. <laughs> they talk feet. It, really unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just thought that that, that was interesting. Uh, today on uh, Becoming Christ-like, as we have uh, been for the past few weeks, we've, we've been talking about what's wrong with the church. We're going to talk a little bit about that and get into a little bit of news. But before we do that, let's go ahead and open our time up with prayer. Gracious Father, once again, we come before you this day, and we are mindful of your commandment to love one another, um, to share your love with everyone that we meet, everyone that we come in contact with. We are supposed to show you to them, to become Christ-like. So, Father God, we pray uh, for our nation today as it mourns. We pray for uh, those in Charleston as they mourn a tragic event. Father God, we we pray for your peace. Uh, We pray for anxiety to be lifted. We pray that indeed we might um, be able to come together and not be divided. So, Father God, we give this time to you as we share our thoughts and uh, what's in our heart. May it be what you inspire within us. Father God, we just thank you for this time. 
in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about what's wrong with the church and all the time we get into the Christian newsroom. And today it just happens uh, that the Christian newsroom and uh, and and our topic kind of collide a little bit. Obviously, in uh, this past Wednesday in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, at the Emanuel AME Church, which is an historic yes. Uh, church and I, I did I, I did say that correctly. I don't know if you do you ever do that. I always check that. Oh, it's an historic. I always always check I'm that. I'm not in, a language in, in person. The, in the <laughs> For those of you who'll be watching on YouTube, you can see the picture of it. It is an historic church. It was it, it was built on anti-slavery. It was um, it, it was built by uh, by an individual who was going to uh, start a, a, a slave revolt. Um, it has, throughout uh, history, been burned down. Um, there were times when uh, laws in South Carolina made it illegal for uh, African Americans to gather together, uh, all black churches to gather together and worship. Uh, it's been burned down. It's been at the center point of, of a number of different um, other tragedies, wasn't yes. there some other tragedies other, or some shootings and yes, stuff there too? other tragedies and just mm-hmm. violence uh, mm-hmm. against it. And on Wednesday, uh, a 21-year-old named Dylan Roof uh, came in to a prayer meeting uh, there at, at Emanuel AME and uh, shot nine people. Two people survived, uh, one five-year-old. Uh, whose, I believe, grandmother told her to play like she was dead. What's astounding, though, as he sat through the prayer meeting? That's what I wanted to bring up. I just, For an hour, yeah. he sat through the prayer meeting, and which is which is interesting. Uh, and then he let one person live so that, that they could go and tell mm-hmm. uh, what happened. And then, of course, fled to North Carolina where he was captured Thursday or yesterday waived extradition and today is back in South Carolina and I believe going to have a court date today. So uh, another tragedy, President Obama uh, spoke on the matter and and Jimbo, let's go ahead and spin that up. We'll hear what President Obama said about this tragedy. This morning I spoke with and Vice President Biden spoke with Mayor Joe Riley and other leaders at Charleston to express our deep sorrow over the senseless murders that took place last night. Michelle and I know several members of Emmanuel AME Church. We knew their pastor, Reverend Clementa Pickney, who, along with eight others, gathered in prayer and fellowship and was murdered last night. And to say our thoughts and prayers are with them and their families and their community doesn't say enough to convey the heartache and the sadness and the anger that we feel. Any death of this sort is a tragedy. Any shooting involving multiple victims is a tragedy. There is something particularly heartbreaking about a death happening in 
a place in which we seek solace and we seek peace. This is a place of worship that was founded by African Americans seeking liberty. This is a church that was burned to the ground because its worships, uh, worshipers worked to end slavery. When there were laws banning all black church gatherings, they conducted services in secret. I've had to make statements like this too many times. Communities like this have had to endure tragedies like this too many times. We don't have all the facts, but we do know that, once again, innocent people were killed in part because someone who wanted to inflict harm had no trouble getting their hands on a gun. Now is the time for mourning and for healing. But let's be clear. At some point, we as a country will have to reckon with the fact that this type of mass violence does not happen in other advanced countries. And it is in our power to do something about it. I say that recognizing the politics in this town uh, foreclose a lot of those avenues right now. But it'd be wrong for us not to acknowledge it. That was President Obama speaking, I believe, Wednesday uh, on the shooting in Charleston at the Emanuel AME uh, Church. And, you know, I, I don't have... I don't have any any problem with with anything uh, that he said. Uh, of course, at the end there, he throws in and goes into the gun control. I'm not sure that uh, that that discussion shouldn't be looked at at a, at a certain time. Um, obviously, I don't think President Obama and I are going to agree on certain aspects of, of the gun control. Um, but we talk about what's wrong with the church. And we've been talking about that lately. Last week I talked about the whole idea of uh, we spend so much time in the Word that we don't have a relationship with the Word. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that at times like these, uh you, you look at what I think everybody would agree was a hate crime. Now, of course, we don't, just like President Obama said, we don't know all the facts. Yes. But what we do know about Dylan Roof uh, is, is that he was a segregationist, that, that he had uh, problems with the African-American community. I think there was a, a, a phrase that he said before he began... Uh, shooting individuals, uh, something to the effect of, um, you know, you're you're ruining this country. Uh, So there was obviously hate that was, I think this, I I I think at at times like these, there's two ways we can go as a church. We can, uh, because it happened in a church, and I think that I think I think that's what makes this one different, mm-hmm. is that it, it happened in a church, and so I think the way that the church responds is going to be interesting, because immediately there's fear. Absolutely. Immediately we begin thinking. I mean, it wasn't too many years ago 
that uh, we had a couple shootings in in worship services, and so there was this fear of of setting in in worship and in talking interview. about having people at the doors and your yeah, yeah locking the doors and, 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 and sometimes those I mean sometimes those things are prudent because you have to protect your children you have, I mean when right. they, um, but there's this idea of the fear of going to church mm-hmm. especially when somebody new or different. Uh, comes walks in. in. Walks in. Yeah. Your immediate thought is, uh, or uh, immediate reaction is, is fear. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there's anything that you can do about that. It's very easy to say, uh, you know, I have Jesus in my heart. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm here to worship. That's it. That that's that. You're looking down the barrel of a gun. That's, that's a little bit hard. That's you know, that's knowing the word. Mm-hmm. But not taking the word into the the practical application of the world, I think that uh, that initial reaction is fear. For those who have Wednesday night prayer meetings, mm-hmm. I am sure that there's going to be some apprehension that right. perhaps numbers might drop. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's one way um, to to go about, it. and I think that's a very natural reaction. Uh, another. A way that I think the church responds to this, or at least a portion of the church, is to use this as a uh, a social justice mechanism to speak about hate, um, and I think that's good. I oh. I, I, th- I think that's good. Um, some will use it as a social justice mechanism to talk about gun control. Um, I'm not afraid of that discussion. Um, because I don't believe that that it's that it's that it's about gun control that stops. It's violence. about hearts yeah. instead of guns. Yeah. You know, President Obama made the comment about this doesn't happen in other um, countries. In, in other countries, mm-hmm. and maybe it doesn't. Um, maybe that speaks then to our to the state of our country. I don't think hate uh, exists because there are guns. I think people who hate use guns, mm-hmm. but that's that. The hate is in their heart from another reason, other right. than a gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so when we talk about what's wrong with the church, maybe maybe it's not what's wrong with the church with this. Maybe the question is, what's wrong with the way that we react to it? And it kind of an after the after the the fact. I think a lot of the times we respond differently. <clears throat> Obviously, at this point in time and for the next few weeks, people will and I and I've heard it by the pundits on on all the 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 media outlets. I've 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 read it on Facebook. I've seen it. There will be a what's the best word to use for it? A, a pity is not the right word. Um, there will be groups of people now, and society will look upon churches uh, with mourning and feel sorry and compassion for the church for this brief two or three weeks. Why they recognize that uh, a, a, that a tragedy happened, 
a place, as President Obama said, that you expect to go and find solace and peace and comfort and safety mm-hmm. uh, is no longer. But yet, it wasn't before. This doesn't. This, as tragic as this is, it is not the first time. It's not the first time for this particular church. This particular church is used to tragedy. It doesn't mean that it makes it any less uh, tragic, any less sad. Um, It's just as horrible. Um, But the church is going to have to react. It's going to have to say something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And, And I think a lot of times where we go wrong is how we go about it and what we say about it. Well, I was kind of hoping it would draw us together, like at 9-11, how the whole population just drew together and said, this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And go after that, the action, and and really stand together. Right, right. And, of course, uh, I want to share with with the listeners and, and those who are watching on YouTube uh, really quick, I saw this story yesterday. It was on Fox, I believe, Megan Kelly. I think it was Megan Kelly. I'm not quite sure. I get Megan Kelly stuck in my head a lot of times. Oh. Megan Kelly's one of the favorites. Where I heard Dana Perino for for Derek and yeah. George show. Uh, I think it was on Megan Kelly, and it was a gospel musician who had been shot eight times in his lifetime. Ooh had been uh, addicted to pain uh, pills and then addicted to narcotics and uh, gone to rehab. God brought him out of that. And it was Wednesday, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday, he posted something on Dylan Roof's Facebook. Really? The only thing that was posted. And I wanted to, I wanted to read that. Um, to you and see see if I can uh, see if I can find it. Um, there, I, I think that might be it. Here it is, and I, I just want to read it. And this is his, his name is Marcus Stanley, and uh, I, I think it's a great example of the type of reaction that we have or should have initially. Marcus Stanley posting on Dylan's timeline, not posting. This wasn't his own post to to his own timeline. He actually went, took the time to find his Facebook and post on it. And I believe this was in the midst of him still not being captured yet. Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, I don't know you, but when I searched for your name from the new outlets, it led me here. You're not captured yet, so there is a chance that you may see this message. I don't look at you with the eyes of hatred or judge you by your appearance or race, but I look at you as a human being that made a horrible decision to take the lives of nine living and breathing people. Children do not grow up with hatred in their hearts. In this world, we are born colorblind. Somewhere along the line, you were taught to hate people that are not like you. And that's truly tragic. You have accomplished nothing from this killing, but planting seeds of pain that will forever remain in the hearts of the families that lost their lives and countless hearts around our country. 
If you're still out there and you have a phone with you, give your heart to Jesus and confess your sins with a heart of forgiveness. He is the only one that can save your soul and forgive your terrible act that you have done. I love you, Dylan, even in the midst of the darkness and pain you've caused, but more importantly, he loves you. If you would like to make that confession, then respect these words. Excuse me, repeat these words. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and his precious blood on the cross at Calvary, uh, and that you died for my sins, and I'm now willing to turn from my sin. You said in your holy word in Romans 10:9 that if we confess the Lord our God and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. Right now I confess Jesus and the Lord of my as Lord of my soul. With my heart I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal savior and according to his word right now I am saved. Thank you Jesus for your unlimited grace which has saved me from my sins. I thank you Jesus that your grace never leads to to license but rather that it always leads to repentance. Therefore Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you uh, alone, uh, bring to you alone and not to myself. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and giving my eternal life. God bless you, Dylan. That was the post that he put. Um, Now compare that to the other posts that are coming or at least that I see, that are coming from the Christian community. There's a stark difference. And I don't know why. I don't know if in our anger... I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in the place of an African-American, even an African-American Christian, and uh, the history that goes along with that. One that's been picked upon too. Yeah. That's been traumatized by shootings. Right. Right. And to me there's every reason for Marcus Stanley to be angry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? And yet perfect response. Yeah, he he he, he responds relying upon what changed him and realizing that like Dylan, he made bad choices and, you know, being shot eight times and mm-hmm. and yet responds in that perfect way. And yet what I see or what I foresee is more division in the church just reflecting the division in society. Mm-hmm. Not since probably the 60s has America gone through the the racial divisions that we are experiencing right now, whether through the sh- police shootings, whether it be Ferguson, whether right. it be Charleston, whether it be w- Baltimore. Uh, once again, this racial hatred is at the forefront. And people who are getting lumped into this, um are it, it's it's just causing this this huge divide 
We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the division that things like this cause in the church and where the church goes wrong uh, in, in, I believe, uh, in dealing with. Because it this is the perfect time for the church to say something right mm-hmm. to the world. Marcus Stanley did a great yes. uh, a great job in taking a first step towards that. But this is a this is the perfect time for us to get it right. Mm-hmm. In the midst of tragedy is where the church should shine. And bring unity. Yeah. And, and the love of Christ to people who need it. Yeah, and not only preach hope to its to its own body, but to the world in general. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that. We're talking about what's wrong with the church. In the midst of this horrible, tragic shooting in Charleston at the Emanuel AME uh, Church there in Charleston, South Carolina, so we want you to stay with us. You're listening to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio. The mist from the morning dew, and the sun peeks out over the horizon. A new day has dawned and a new chance presents itself, a chance to once again do battle. The lush green grass of the Midwest farmland lies in wait, guarded by the beaches filled with the sands of time after time after time. You unsheath your weapon of choice and lash out at the enemy before you, and for hours you navigate the landmines cursing and praising in the same breath. But in the end, whether in victory or defeat, you vow to wake in the morning and do it all over again. Just four miles north of Marion, Indiana, lies a battlefield. A battlefield not just of bunkers and waters, but a battlefield of the mind. A battlefield where people come to discover the best in themselves. Where courage is tested as each round of the enemy is faced. Arbor Trace Golf Course. Come play around. Because in golf, the more you play, the luckier you get. Oh, my brother, take this warning. Don't let old Satan hold your hand. Or you'll be lost in sin forever. You'll never reach the promised land. The old crossroads now is waiting. Which one are you going to take? One leads down to destruction. The other to the pearly gate. One road leads up to heaven, the other goes down below. Jesus, our Savior, will protect you. He'll guide you through the old crossroads. The old crossroads now is waiting. Which one are you going to say? One leads down to destruction, the other to the pearly gate. Soon your life will be over. You'll have to face the old crossroads. Will you be ready then, my brother, to shun the one going down below? The old crossroads now is waiting. 
and do the right thing. And so, what do what, and at that what point, should the church say? We even say? make it worse, or we make it better. Not only for society in general, but mm-hmm. for ourselves within the body. Exactly. Because now, of course, just like, and, and I'm not trying to say that that this is the type of thing. Everything causes division in the church. Mm-hmm. But when things like this happen, of this magnitude, major, we either come we come together for a while, but then we lose the the thing that we were mourning to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the towers fell on nine eleven, not since probably Pearl Harbor had the church come together and people flocked back to churches for two weeks, for three weeks, maybe for a month. Right. And then it, and then we got used to the idea that this had happened. And then we began to argue about whose fault it was. And then we began to debate of what we should do about it. All those things are fine if they can be done in the midst of unity, mm-hmm. in the midst of civility. Mm-hmm. But all it did was cause division. And and I think sometimes we get it wrong as a church, and I believe that we'll probably get it wrong this time. Time will pass, and this will fall into the category of another shooting, another tragedy, and while the people who lost their lives, while their families will continue to mourn and remember, much like 9-11, much like the theater up in Aurora, much like um, even Columbine. Columbine, they will continue to mourn. Uh, this is a strange statement. We will recall, but we will forget. Mm-hmm. And we will begin arguing about something else that has to do with this gun control racism Mm -hmm. those types of things and if we are not careful if we don't as a church say and do the right things we will inadvertently send a horrible message to the world so what should we say I absolutely have no words. I am still in just devastation and of I what think, happened. And I think that that's a normal process, that perhaps there isn't uh, something to say, and perhaps now is not the time mm-hmm. uh, to say it, uh, because in the midst of grief, now we, as President Obama said, now we mourn, yeah. now we grieve. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, we're going to have to to say something and do something from our pulpits, Yes. From our congregations, we're going to have to stand up in unity. But I, I, I still think it just all goes back to confronting evil and calling sure. evil what evil is. Right. And everybody has to stand up to it. Because if they don't, this is what happens. Right. If it's your kid, even, if it's your neighbor's kid, we, we can't just stand idly by and let evil take over the world. Right. That That's exactly right. And, and, I, and I think that's one of the the things that we like to gloss over. And it's like one of the things that we like to do from our pulpits, um, both liberal pulpits, conservative pulpits, 
Baptist pulpits and Presbyterian pulpits and non-denominational pulpits Mm -hmm. we like and we need as people, not just as Christians. We need to understand why this happened. And so we begin to identify the blame. And it's very easy to say we need to address gun control in our country. And perhaps we do. Um, How we do that is up for debate. But unless we stand up in our pulpits and say we need to address hatred, Mm -hmm. we need to address sin. But what we'll do is, instead of getting into that tough old Because that makes us look at ourselves. Right. Instead of doing that, we'll pick at the fringes of it. Mm -hmm. That says, well... We need gun control legislation in this. We need control. They don't use guns. They'll use something else and when you have this much hate. We'll, we'll, we'll ban violent video games. We'll, we'll do all these things. Um, and yet we won't address the problem mm-hmm. of sin and, and hatred and 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 the perhaps the truth that we don't want to look at that says that maybe people in the world don't have a good idea of what true love is because we as a church haven't done a good enough job of showing it. Hmm. We fight, we bicker. Some of that's normal. Some of that's absolutely normal. But normally we don't go shoot innocent people. Right. And, and, And we don't. Um, but how we react to this says a lot mm-hmm. um, to people. This is this is a this is a fork in the road. This is a. I'm not saying this is the pivotal point because there's pivotal points come along in history all the time. Martin right. Luther King Jr. Uh, played a part. I listened to Martin Luther King um, the third. I heard him uh, on on Fox News. Um, speaking about nonviolence and and the idea of how we how we preach that how we teach that um how we ins- inspire that how we we take the church out to the world and I think that's a perfect example of what Marcus Stanley did mm-hmm. he reached out with the church he re- reached out with the love of of God he reached out with the sa- the saving message of Christ when he could have posted anything. Right, right. The one thing that we talked about on the break is even through that, the consequences of this young man's actions are not going away regardless. That's right. And that's what we remember. So when you reach out and love, the consequences remain. Right. It's just love to everybody else and keeping our world in balance of love. And again, we have somehow lumped this this idea that, and I th- I think I said this to you before we, before we went on air, that we have become an all-or-nothing mm-hmm. uh, society. That the risk that Marcus Stanley takes for being a, a, a young black man who, who came out of the midst of violence and, and drugs, to respond to, to, to Dylan Roof in this manner, mm-hmm. angered, a lot of others in the African-American community mm-hmm. angered them. 
that you are you should you should hate this individual. You got to stand up to this. If you say that, then you're on quote unquote their side, mm-hmm. and that's what we've become. And but the word I picked out of there is you're almost promoting hate. Sure. When you say you have to hate them because, yeah. then you're promoting hate. And so the hate then just carries on that some young 10-year-old boy that hears this in 10 years is going to go do the same thing because hate was promoted. Read the headlines that came out, uh, a majority of of headlines that came, came out after this. Uh, white man kills nine black church members. Now, while that's very accurate, um, that reflects the sentiment. That once again, white violence upon black individuals. I don't care if and, they're white or black. I and just what don't we, like killing. And <laughs> what we know is that there's violence on violence on yeah. whites killing blacks and blacks killing whites and blacks the killing killing blacks. is killing no matter and, what. Yeah, and 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 what, oh, and I don't want to demean anything about the color because that was a targeted. So I I said absolutely. that kind of un, I didn't I have, mean it to sound bad, but killing is killing. I yeah. hate all killing. I have no I have no doubt that this was a hate crime that Dylan mm-hmm. Roof uh, uh, was was a racist who who disliked the black community and wanted to make a statement. Right, and I just and realized. in that it's wrong. Yes, but if if a black man would have walked into that church and killed nine black individuals. It would have been just as tragic. Yes. And it would have been for the same problem, for the Mm -hmm. same reason that hatred and sin exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I, I I know where it plays its part in history. I, I, we understand that. I understand that. I understand that right now the tensions are so high that once again we find out, and it's another an, another reason to to say, um, look what is happening in the world. We have to we have to address that. Mm-hmm. We have to say that there is racism and hate in the world, mm-hmm. but how the church deals with it can either be uh, exponentially um, advantageous. Or it can be can go horribly, horribly wrong mm-hmm. for the message of Christ going out. Right. Um, scripture tells us, "Do not return evil for evil." Uh, and and I think inadvertently, sometimes through our words and through our actions as a church, um, we do just that. Um, there's no doubt that the tensions are going to be high are going to be high between the African American community in the body of Christ as well as the um, the white community um, in the body of Christ. I, I think, just wish everybody would leave the rhetoric out of it and stick to the facts right now. Yes, until we get to a place where we can have the discussion. Yeah, because I think there's too much emotion involved to have a legitimate yeah. conversation on it. Yeah. That Marcus Stanley is is a good example mm-hmm. of 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 how we should respond, of what we should do, of how we should look at this. Um, forgiveness does not mean acceptance. It does right. does not mean uh, approval. Right. 
forgiveness is something that we pa- that passes through us from God to another individual. And horribly difficult. Well, and for the people out there, I, I, my mind goes strange places. I'm thinking a thumper right now. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing sure, at all. Sure. And maybe that way some time lapses and we don't put both feet in our mouth. Yeah. And I think, once again, that's something that we need to be very careful as a church uh, when we say this, when we talk about when we inevitably and ultimately begin a discussion. Because it has, if we just bury it under the carpet, nothing happens. So it has to be talked about. It has to be dealt with. Right. And people are going to disagree on how it, mm-hmm. uh, how it's going to be done. Like I said, it doesn't matter it's whether you've got two, uh, two whites, two blacks, two conservatives, two, uh, uh, two liberals. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have different, we're going to have different ideas. Mm-hmm about what happened, why he did this. Um, like I said, some people are going to to scream gun control from the rafters. Some are going to say because of video games. Some are going to, to blame the KKK, and some are going to blame uh, rural America. Uh, I shared with you, um, uh, I think it was from the Daily Caller, uh, an article that said uh, from the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a group, uh, that works against hate crimes. The, their president came out and said that the the reason that, that this white-on-black violence is, is so pervasive now is because President Obama is president, that we have a black man as a president, and it's making so many people angry. That may be a very um, accurate statement. Uh, that may apply to this this situation, but it doesn't apply to every situation. But you know what? It still boils down to choices we make every day in our actions. If I do or I don't like a black man as president, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to make a choice to go do anything violent because we have it. It's personal sure. responsibility of right and wrong, sin, right. good, bad, you know? And it precludes, um, and, and there isn't a... A, re- a recognition, and, and George and I talk about this all the time on Derek and George, that at some point in time, there's going to have to be compromise on each side in our thinking, that at some point in time, you're going to have to believe me when I say, I don't dislike President Obama because he's a black man and the president. I dislike him his poli- it's not that I did like or dislike him at all. I don't know the man. Right. I dislike his the policies. policies. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And 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 those who who fall more into perhaps, and I'll speak for myself, my own thinking are going to have to at some point in time recognize that there is an anger out there in the black community that we can't just say as a church, "Come on, get over it." Because how do you get over it? Yeah, it it isn't that. There is a a genuine anger out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, not since the 60s have, I think, racial tensions been so high. And the church played a huge part in that uh, through Martin Luther King Jr., uh, through through a number of, of white churches back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way back to the slavery times of eight, in, in the 1860s and, and when 
President Lincoln uh, abolished slavery. And and there's no reason that we can't do it again, that we can't play. The church has to play a part in this. Mm-hmm. Whether or not society agrees with that or not. And I, and I think what happens is we can get it wrong if we sit back on our heels and close our doors and lock them because we're afraid of the big bad world that's out there. Mm-hmm. I I really wish that everybody would get down deep in their Bibles and have a heart-to-heart talk with God about mm-hmm. what is wrong and what your personal responsibility is to do to correct and justify. Yeah. We're going to continue on with this next week, um, not with Charleston, but but obviously with what's wrong with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you want to contact us or get a hold of us, uh, you can do that at uh, bemorechristlike.com. You can follow us on our Facebook um, at Becoming Christlike. You can follow us on our Twitter at uh, Christlike Today. You can email us yes. at bemorechristlike at Gmail. Dot com. Let us know what you think. Uh, check out our Facebook feeds and 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 see what uh, see what Dawn is putting out there. Uh, you can join us each week on Friday morning, eight a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. <laughs> Automatic laugh. Hi, Patty. <laughs> yeah, hi, Patty. In there, we're, we're staying with that. And Pat's, Patty's going to have to tell me when Mountain Daylight Time ends, so I can go back to my normal. That's when we can't sleep again. <laughs> mountain Standard Time. Uh, but we we do encourage you if you want to go back to bemorechristlike.com, check out all, all the shows that we've done before. Um, search your heart this week. Yeah. Um, so for everybody here at the Road Less Traveled, for everyone here at Becoming Christ, like for myself, for Dawn, for Jimbo, who does a fantastic job in the producer's booth, uh, we pray for peace and unity to somehow um, rear its head, yeah. um, that God will somehow reach down and bless this nation as its people begin to seek him. So we want to encourage you each and every day to become more and more Christ-like. God bless. God bless. Struggle to believe, but in those unclear moments.